Hello and welcome to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. At Emmanuel Croydon, we exist to be a community drawn together by our desire to know and follow Jesus. We long to become disciples of Jesus who are equipped to serve him in the whole of life, transforming families, communities and workplaces as we love God with heart, mind, soul and strength. We hope you enjoy this week's talk from the morning services. Thank you for joining us today. Grace and peace to you. Today's reading is from Ephesians 1, verses 15 to 22. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the mighty is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the wonderful, wonderful news of Easter. We thank you, Lord, that you have arrested death, that in the Lord Jesus we have new life. And as we come today to look back and step forward, Lord, hold the wonderful news of the resurrection right before us and in our hearts. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning uh, online as well. Uh, It's lovely to be here in person. It's lovely to be with you uh, in your homes. And a particularly special moment for me is to see some young people in the church building. I believed you existed before, but it's wonderful to see you in three dimensions. Thank you for joining us this morning and the rest of you as well. It's lovely to see you too. Now, I can remember it very vividly. I was standing underneath a tree on Wimbledon Common It was early December 2019. I was trying to keep out of a very strange, uh, particularly ferocious downpour. And I was listening to a good friend on the phone. And this good friend was explaining to me how, um, according to the mathematical modeling that he'd been doing, uh, a new dangerous viral outbreak uh, in some place thousands of miles away I'd never heard of called Wuhan or something, was probably going to be with us by the spring. Um, And it was going to be really big. And I recall on that occasion reminding him that he did have a tendency to um, slightly over-worry. And then I put down the phone um, and uh, congratulated myself just quietly for not being that kind of catastrophizing type. Well, I never expected to find myself a few months later announcing the closing of in-person services. And I certainly never expected then that we would still now be looking with some uncertainty at exactly how and when this pandemic would end. Now, wonderfully, today we have 
new confidence that one day we will look back on this pandemic as history, but we're, we're clearly not there yet. Uh, it's like those sort of curved lines on the graph that kind of gradually level out. I think it will be actually very hard, if not impossible, to say at any particular point that we have reached that moment. And that's why we've chosen today, somewhat ahead, uh, to make a, a day of looking back and stepping forward. A day on which, as a church family, we are deliberately drawing a line in the sand, faintly, but a line in the sand. Because in a year of so much change, we do need a chance to reflect. We need a chance to take stock of what's happened, and also a chance to think how we might move forward out of this time with the Lord. Now, I know it's been a dramatically uh, life-changing year for many of us personally, and I really want to commend uh, the two very carefully planned services in person that we've got organized this evening. Uh, there are still a few places going for those. I think there'll be a fantastic chance to acknowledge whatever the year has been like and to process, to seek the Lord in making sense of this year gone by and also thinking about the future ahead of us individually. I'm, I'm sorry, can I say that we, we haven't been able to do that online. We did think carefully about that because we wanted to make it widely available. We just feel that the immense variety of people's experience and the pastoral support we wanted to offer for that really required an in-person only event. So that's this evening, looking back, stepping forward personally. But as Ben said, we're also aware that we need to look back and step forward corporately. It's been a hugely life-changing year for us as a church. Uh, the global pandemic began during the interregnum. In fact, before I'd even been appointed. And that's always a, a period of change and difficulty for any church under any circumstances. I was appointed at the end of January 2020, but then long before I arrived, Church Without Walls uh, under Ben Jones and, and Matt King's leadership also got underway. And that's been an extraordinary project. I'll say a bit more to that in a moment, for, but for now, let's just re recognize the change that we've experienced there. Now, Church Without Walls, amongst many other things, led to the reshaping of our activities as a church. We also had to completely reshape our ministry teams as we adapted to the new demands and opportunities. And that personnel, of course, was further exaggerated by the arrival of a new minister at the beginning of September when I came. And all of that has happened in a world where most of the time, none of us are allowed to be in the same room. Now, that is a big time of change. And all of that to say, it's, it's good to recognize we are coming into a new world. We're not going back. It's gone. We are in a new world. And it's important for us to, to take an opportunity to reflect what, what has happened, what have we been to, through together? Practically, spiritually, what have we been through? I think it's good to begin in sh to share and capture what it is that we hope to take from those last 12 months or so that's going to shape our journey into the future. Now, this is a conversation, of course, that's not going to be done in one day. It will stretch well past today. But I want to begin it this morning by dwelling on three themes from Ephesians 1 that Caleb so beautifully read for us earlier. And I'm going to be deliberately impressionistic here. I apologize in advance to the Apostle Paul for all the great scriptural gems I shall be leaving unscrutinized. But uh, I'm hoping that I've picked out some important themes that will make sense of our experience in the light of God's 
purposes. Now, the first of those is thanks, thanksgiving. Paul begins this section of his letter, verse 15, giving thanks. For this reason, he says, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Now, why is Paul thankful? Well, in the verses before, Paul had been talking about how God is the one who draws us to himself. God's the one who works out his purposes in our lives. And so when Paul sees the Ephesians Christians' faith in Jesus and their love for one another, he gives credit to God. God's the one behind this. And so I will thank him. Now, I know many of us have had real struggles this year. And in some cases, I realize it's been unbearably hard and may still be so. But there is, as Claire was saying earlier, there is much for us to give thanks for that has happened in this church. For one, I think, I certainly, and I'm sure many of us, are just thanking the Lord for the faith of so many here. It's been a time, hasn't it, when almost everyone and everything in every area of life was in retreat. And frankly, that was true for a lot of churches out there as well. And it would be an easy time for all of us to just turn the volume down on church or not bother. But we've had so many people who still wanted to worship together, who wanted to meet together, who knew how important it was to encourage one another in faith, even if that required some significant technological upskilling, and you know who you are. Um, But I'm giving thanks for that, for that faith. And I'm giving thanks too for the faith in Jesus that moved many of us not just to stay connected, but to step up to serve to enable us to to reach out to the local community, to reach this growing online community that we have with the good news of Christ. Thanks be to God too for new faith. Isn't it wonderful? Even in this pandemic, even if all the faith sharing had to happen on Zoom, in fact, possibly because the faith sharing happened on Zoom, we have seen people coming to Christ. We've seen people finding new life in the Lord Jesus. That's a wonderful reason to give thanks. So we give thanks for faith, and we give thanks too, as Paul did, for your love for all God's people. Now, there are far too many examples to list that I know of, and there's much that's completely unseen that I won't know of. But I'm thinking of this kind of thing. There have been meals quietly organized for those in particular need. There have been hundreds of hours of phone calls to those shielding or isolated. There have been key worker packs prepared and distributed, painstaking writing out of transcripts of Sunday services so that those who couldn't log on online didn't miss out. There's been youth work and children's work creatively reimagined to ensure the next generation didn't miss out on fellowship and teaching either. And all of that is not to mention, of course, all those informal, those little acts of kindnesses, the, the, the card, the bunch of flowers, the finger freezing but heartwarming natter across the garden fence. And all those things have sustained us as a church family. The Lord has been at work among us. It is a good time to give thanks. So that's the first thing, thanks. And secondly, the second thing is hope. We've seen, I think with new clarity, that we are stewards as Christians of the hope that the world so desperately needs. Paul says in in verse 18 of chapter 1 in Ephesians, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened 
in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Isn't it precious to know that hope? I mean, it's a world where, it's a year where on, on the surface, so much indeed has changed, but actually, as we reflect back on it, I think we realize our deepest realities, our deepest needs as human beings haven't changed. In fact, what the pandemic has done is it's brought them to the surface. So the loo roll suddenly dried up. Do you remember that? Everyone started stockpiling it. And all of a sudden, our consumer existence seemed awfully fragile. The roads and the skies fell silent, and the air quality suddenly radically improved. And our stewardship of the planet that the Lord has given us suddenly came into focus. And I guess most powerfully for all of us, there was that daily advancing death toll on our news wires. And, and for some of us, many of us, the loss of friends or colleagues. Our mortality was so plain. Death is our great enemy. We hate it. What can we do about it? Now, of course, we're grateful to the Lord for, for human advances, you know, the amazing work of the medical services, the huge blessing of the vaccine, and, and so forth. But I think we felt even more acutely the blessings of knowing Christ. The blessings, to put it simply, of Christmas and Easter. Christmas. You know, a reminder at, at a frightening and fragile time that God has not left us alone in this world. And then, of course, Easter. Easter, that Jesus Christ offers hope beyond death for anyone who believes in him. Whatever the struggles are here and now, and there may yet be many to come, let's be honest about it, those things are not the end of the story. They need not be for any person, but rather we have an eternal relationship with our, our creator that we can have, beginning now, stretching out into eternity. Imagine a number of us were watching the, um, the funeral uh, of uh, Prince Philip yesterday afternoon. I don't know whether you, you picked up, but there was um, a trumpet fanfare, or as those in the know would know it more, more specifically, the last post. The last post was played. And what happened after the last post? The revali. Because death is not the end. We believe in resurrection. And as we step forward, therefore, let's pray with Paul that God would continue to enlighten the eyes of our hearts so that we would know the hope to which he's called us. Let's pray that we would know that future hope, that we would know it really, really deeply, that we fix our eyes on it, and that knowing it, having been reminded of it, let's not be ashamed. Let's not be ashamed of it for a moment. Let's hold it out confidently to a world that we, we've realized again so desperately needs it, needs to hear of Christ. So that's the hope. Thanks, hope, and third, the body. The church is a body. Skipping on to verse 22 of Ephesians 1. And God placed all things under his, that's Christ's feet, and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, 
the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Often when we use the word church, we're talking about church as a building or perhaps church as an event. This year, that way of thinking has been blown apart. But we have seen the church working like a body. Our verse for the year, Ephesians 4.16 says, from him, it's from Christ, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And I think that's what we've seen at Emmanuel Croydon over this year. So you get the idea, just as the human body has many parts and all of them are unique and they're all required for the whole thing to work. So we have seen many different people bring so many different and yet utterly necessary gifts. And those things have held us together. They've, they've helped us grow. They've built us up in love at a very crucial time. And now I'm going to do one of those really, really risky things, which I'm praying I haven't got wrong. But I'm going to start naming some names. And I'm going to miss out some people. And I'm really sorry. But if I did name all the names, we'd be here forever. But I think there are some, some important people who we really need to mention. I want to single out in particular Matt King and Ian Christie, who will never forgive me for this, uh, as they have overseen the Church Without Walls team. And that includes the staff, of course, Claire, Mike, Sheridan, Stu, Magdalena, Jill, Ben, of course, and then also the volunteers on that team, Amanda Baxter and Alison Lawton on prayer, Carol Trower on ministry, Natasha Burt on discipleship, the whole care team. Perhaps one of those, the most pressing needs for these diverse gifts in this last year has been in the worship and tech teams. Now, they're too numerous uh, to name individually, but haven't we been served wonderfully by them? Days and days of video editing and mixing, constantly changing broadcasting setups, fantastically high standards of production every week. And I, and I think we need to labor that point because that work has largely been done unseen. And, and it's very easy to miss what it has taken, the work that is taken for all of us to be able to operate in this way. So as we step forward, I'm, I'm praying that we grow further into that sense of being church as a body. Every single member of the church believing they have a vital role to play for the body to flourish. Believing we've been created to work together for Christ. Now it will take some time to work out what that looks like in the future, but here are some implications from I think where we're standing right now. When it comes to technology, for example, now, um, I was um, on the call with a couple of other local church leaders, and I, and I recognized on that call the other day that there's a number of churches that are counting down, down the days until they can be done with this live streaming business. And that's fine. That may be right for some. I think for us, that is not the case. I think if we are called to share the good news of Christ with all sorts of people everywhere, and we are, and if we've learned how to get it out there, and we have, then we should continue to do that. And in fact, we might want to find new ways of building on uh, all that we've learned in media and production. Uh, but of course, there's much more to church life than just that. There will be many other areas where talents have had to lie dormant for this last year. And they're now going to open up and they're going to become important again. There's going to be work on the building. There'll be opportunities for hospitality. There'll be work with children and young people and much more. And I want to say to you, 
uh, wherever you are right now and your sense of safety or otherwise, I hope that if you served pre-COVID, you will feel able to return and come back and make that unique contribution that only you can as and when it's safe to do so. And perhaps there are others um, online or here in the building for, who somehow, for whatever reason before, never really felt part of the body. You've never yet seen what your unique contribution may be. Well, will you discover it in this new season? How can you be part of this church body growing and building itself up in love? The other thing that Paul brings out about the body uh, in these verses is how it's joined and held together by every supporting ligament. Now, again, the Apostle Paul may feel I'm stretching his metaphor here. He'll have to forgive me. But even in this COVID times, I have noticed some wonderful ligaments. And by this, I mean those kind of people who make relationships in the church happen. You know, people who really believe in that. And I've needed that personally. I mean, I haven't had a chance to meet many of you still personally. Unfortunately for me, our, our tech team have stopped short of being able to make YouTube two ways. So you may have seen me, just to remind you, but I, I haven't actually been able to see you yet. Of course, that may have been best. I wouldn't want to be influenced in my initial judgments on the basis of your pajamas or your cereal uh, that you're currently eating. I know. Um, but, but no, these in-person relationships do matter, don't they? I've been greatly helped by those ligament people. And as we step forward, I wonder whether I, how we can all recover and, and further deepen our relationships as a church. And I don't think we can mention the church as a body, finally. Um, this idea that we're all playing different parts of the whole without remembering the conversations on race that Ben so expertly led us through. Wasn't that a great opportunity to acknowledge, again, the glory of our diversity? Diversity of race, of culture. But certainly for me personally, it made me think not just along those lines, but diversity of age and background and life experience. And so it may be a good moment for me to say today, for the time being, even as Church Without Walls as a project draws to a close, we're going to be continuing with a, with a single morning service that brings together those different expressions of worship. And as we step forward, I want to encourage us to rejoice in that diversity, to look for opportunities to find unity in it, because that is what the, the Lord has, has asked us to be, united in diversity. So that's the church as a body. Now, I've gone on a bit. Thank you. Uh, but there was so much that uh, I wanted to say this morning there will be many more thoughts that you will have over the coming weeks. And please do get in touch with me as you reflect on what it means to look back and step forward. But there are three things. Thanks, hope, and the church as a body. Let us throw ourselves confidently on the mercy and power of God as we seek to follow his will, as we look back and step forward. Let's close with a prayer. Heavenly Father, as Claire already reminded us, you have been with us through it all. Even as we may have been further away from one another, you have been amongst us. We thank you for all that you have done in our midst. We thank you that you are indeed unchanging as we have sung, that the hope 
that we had before is the same that we have now. And we thank you for the wonder, the beauty of this diverse church. Oh Lord, may we be shaped into the future, into that kind of united and diverse body that you long to see for your praise and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. For more information about our church and everything we have going on, visit our website, emmanuelcroydon.org.uk. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram to see and hear what's going on in the life of our church. God bless you and have a wonderful week. Thank you.